Louise Cooney's Open Book, a Go Loud original podcast. Hello, I'm Louise Cooney and you're very welcome back to Open Book presented by Go Loud. I am so excited for this episode. I have one of my really good friends, a fellow Limerick lady, Sinead O'Brien, on today as our guest. She is somebody I've become very close to over the last couple of years. She is an incredibly successful entrepreneur who launched a business only, I think it's only in the last year and a half. We'll talk loads about that in this episode. She's a singer. She's an influencer. She is a mom. And Sinead had such a tough year with the passing of her brother-in-law, Tom, really suddenly, and then followed really soon afterwards with the death of her dad. We have a lot to talk about and to unpack in this episode. And I'm just so delighted that she felt ready to come on and to have a chat. So so I really hope you enjoy this episode with Sinead. Before we get stuck into the episode, you might have heard over the past few episodes that our lovely sponsor on Post have launched a virtual book club that you can join. And they are giving an exclusive 10% off with participating bookstores. To find out about the Ampost Book Club, visit onpost.com forward slash book club. We're currently reading Dirty Laundry by Disha Bose and I'm so excited to announce that I'm sitting down with its author, Disha Bose, for an in-person Ampost book talk, book club conversation. Sorry, that is a tongue twister next week. And I just can't wait to sit down with her and ask her all my questions about the book. If you're reading along and have some questions for Disha, please let me know. If you are interested in getting involved, we have another book ready for next month. We are going to read The Happy Couple by Nisha Dolan, who is another fab Irish author. You can order it now with Onpost's exclusive discount. Check out onpost.com forward slash book club. So Sinead, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much, Lou. It's like talking to my pals. So I'm I'm following up on all your podcasts and it's absolutely amazing. I'm very proud of you. Oh. So I'm very honoured to be asked to be here. Oh, no, I'm just so delighted because I know you've had a tough year, an amazing year and kind of a, you know, a mix of everything in a year, you know, so we've so much to talk about. Yeah, a lot has happened and still happening. And mm. obviously, you know, we won't forget March for a very long time. Mm. But um, yeah, it's been it's been good to be kept busy as well, though, which is yeah. great. So I've been kept on my toes between Vetus and Jacob and just life in general. But yeah, a lot has happened. <laughs> no fear of that. You're super busy. But for yeah. people who don't know you so, like as well, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you got started in the whole industry? Yeah, of course. So um, like any good idea, it came after a breakup. <laughs> <laughs> so um, not Vetus, sorry. So Sinead Curry Style was born um, in 2013. I was in about a three and a half year relationship and that finished. And then I was looking for something to do and to kind of keep me occupied. And fashion was always a huge part of my personality. And I guess because I was curvy, that was a little bit of a niche or kind of made me stand out a bit. And what I, what I mean by stand out is that people would always say, oh, God, you, you know, you always look really well, kind of like saying, even though you're curvy. So people often would ask me, like, how do you know how to dress for your shape and this and that? So it was my late friend, Natalie, who passed away just about two years ago. It was actually her that I always give credit to. She was like, you should start one of these blogs. And I was like, what's a blog? I had no idea. I think at the time, the only person that was blogging back then was Suzanne Jackson, the queen. And I I, I looked into it and I was like, okay, I can give this a go. And um, I started writing about fashion. And this was before Facebook and everything. I think it was called Get Into The Curve. 
at the time. So I was always keeping the curvy twist. And then Facebook came along and then I called it Sinead's Curvy Style. And then I created my own account. And quite literally since then, the rest has been history. But I just started to share my posts on dressing up to go out. And you remember what it was kind of like Instagram now, but there was um, a lot less interaction. You would just kind of share your your ideas and fashion and like different outfit looks and people would hit like. But when I was getting started, I would literally be like, ma'am, will you like the post there? <laughs> I was like asking my friends, I was like, like, like. nobody even knew what it made. I know. Time. Then when Snapchat came along, my mom and dad thought that I had officially lost the plot because I was up in the room talking into the camera and sure nobody was doing that mm. at the time either. I think my very first post on Snapchat was like a look into my wardrobe. I try. I lived with my parents at the time. I had this tiny little wardrobe. I was just <laughs> looking for little different bits of content. But look, you have to start somewhere. Absolutely. And I love that like oh, what nearly 10 years later it's still about the curvy style and it's still about like I've kept you, the name you shout about because I'm still curvy <laughs> but you shout about like be inclusive in sizing and you know and you're a real ambassador I think for for women for all shapes and sizes in your brand that you've created Vacious you've spoken about how you create that for every size what size are you yeah you go size from? inclusivity is massive for me because um, just outside of Vacious alone for years I always just found it very and to be honest still to this day it's very frustrating that a lot of high street shops like just recently I was going looking for something to wear for a wedding and it was just so hard to get a nice dress because the majority of the shops like you know only went up to a size 16 which is just a bit soul destroying and you have to kind of go online so that's definitely why I really wanted to be um, inclusive and we actually go up to 5XL which is actually a size 26 to 28 so it's amazing. And we'll talk about Vacious a little bit later because that plays so much into it but I wanted to ask have you always been so confident in your curves? I mean, I always say you're not born with confidence. Confidence is something that grows within you. And I've gotten as many knocks as the next person. And I suppose I had to kind of find my way to find my confidence. It was definitely through fashion and through singing and all of the things that I would do. But being curvier always made it a little bit more difficult to dress for my shape. So I always found I had to put a lot more into, you know, getting dressed up for a Saturday night. And I used to be that girl that would go shopping with my mom. And I'd say, I'd come back to when I was around 17, 18. And I would come out of the shop in tears because I would be so upset. Nothing would fit. And I just always found it a struggle to kind of really find my way around that age. And then, of course, I kind of started to grow into myself and accept my body more. And again, that all came through time. And it was then that I was approached to actually model. I don't know if they still call it a plus size model. Maybe they do. I always hated that term. A model is a model. But back then I was asked to model. And that is really when I started to gain more confidence through uh, fashion and through, uh, through modeling and being on the the runway um, or the catwalk or whatever you want to call it and fashion shows. So it's definitely something that I grew into for sure. Mm. No better woman to be up on a catwalk moving around. I'll tell you. <laughs> but I think you are incredible the way you can kind of bat off people's comments, you know, society's yeah. comments. Like you said, people say, Oh, you've a lovely face, but Yeah, oh, like, I always got that one. You've a lovely face. You're like, which is like, like, like absolutely outrageous that, that someone would even comment that. 
but yeah, I just think and, it's amazing. And that's what it was. Like, I say back then, it's where I was 90, but things have changed a lot from when I was growing up. Like, when I was, like, say, in my 20s, you know, um, being a plus-size model, say, I always felt I had to tell people what that was because they're like, if, no, sorry, let me rephrase that. If I said to somebody I was a model, I'd immediately feel like I had to say, I'm a curvy model. Because they'd look at you and go, well, how are you a model if you're not a size eight? So people really didn't understand back then. And you're like, well, you know, um, so it's we have come a long way, which is which is very good. Yeah. But we'll chat about all your vacious campaigns anyway in a few minutes. Yeah. But I just wanted to, I suppose, touch on we don't actually know each other that long. We only met like no. really like we, we were in touch, but we were, we were a lockdown, baby, yeah, friendship. Because we were only <laughs> down the road from each other. So we met for walks and then wine when we were allowed. And that was when we really. What was blossomed. it? Whispering Angel? <laughs> oh, no, it was Screaming Devil, I think we called it. We named that yeah. before there was an actual <laughs> rose yeah. oh. that. But Oh my um, God, that- seems like so long ago now but um yeah I mean we definitely like I always followed you Louise but then when we became friends I was like this girl is a bit of me (laughs) you know I know yeah we just hit it off straight away we did a hundred percent and it's great that you're obviously from Limerick as well I miss you I need you to come back down (laughs) I know I know well do you know what I think when when Baba arrives I'll be up and down the road all the time so you'll see loads of me yeah brilliant (laughs) we can go on play dates when the baby comes (laughs) but just to take a little trip down memory lane I remember when we met, it wasn't too long afterwards. It was probably maybe six months later, yourself and Simon broke up. That's right. And you had been yeah. like quite public online about your relationship and your followers knew him and you had to tell everybody, which was really hard. I chose to tell everybody because let's face it, it was like the elephant in the room. He had he had moved out and he'd gone home because his dad had just passed away. And then obviously... People know me inside out and a lot of people, which is kind of nice as well. They could see the sadness in my face, you know, and they would often comment and they, you know, you can't get away with much with your followers, especially the ones that have been there a long time. But even without saying, oh, I wouldn't get away with anything. I wanted to let people know because obviously they had been part of my relationship since like we're going on eight years now, me and Simon. And um, at that time, we would have been coming up to seven years isn't it yeah and then obviously I just had to let people know because it was such a huge part and obviously with Simon's tours and all like he was a big part of my page a lot of people keep their relationship offline to be fair it's not like he was on it every day but if we went away he'd be part of it so you know he was definitely he was missed on my story so it was just made sense for me to let people know and I remember me and my sister Mary like she gets (laughs) dragged into everything Mary just fixes everything and we uh, we sat down in the park one day and I was like, I have to put something together to let my followers know. And we just put together a little, just a very truthful and honest post to say we've kind of taken time apart. And as we try and navigate this together, just to obviously respect that. And people were great. It was actually, I was so glad that I let everyone into that because you're obviously going through a lot of heartache. And at the time I was heartbroken. And I mean, everyone was just really, you know, behind me. That's what it felt like. I was so worried that it would go the opposite way. And I'm sure there were plenty of forums out there that had a, I won't curse, field day with it all. But, um, you know, uh, 90% of the people were, were 100% behind me. So I was, I was glad that I told everyone at the time. It was really sad circumstances. Like I just, I remember how heartbroken you were. You were in love with him and there was never a, a thought in your mind that you were going to move on. It was always, you know, we're going to get back together, I think, was your hope, you know. Yeah, I think we knew, like, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, looking back, I wouldn't change it. Obviously, going through it, 
it's a different story. You feel like your world has literally come crashing down. But it had to happen. And with a lot of couples, they go through this and you either it either makes or breaks you. And it definitely made us. Mm-hmm. And we had to take that time apart. And, you know, he was going through a lot with grief. And now I know what it's like to go through that. So a lot of what he was going through makes sense with me now. You know, we're still learning about each other every day. But looking back, you know, it was very tough. But we came out the other side and it has been honestly the best thing that ever happened to us. And I'm not saying that to try and be cheesy. I really mean it. Like, you know, we're just, we're best friends. So it was very hard for us to be apart from each other. The man loves me. Would you come on? I I love Simon. But for those who don't know, I just want to give context. His dad died really suddenly with COVID, right? Yeah, it was actually, um, he, died of COVID the week before um, he was supposed yeah. to get the vaccine it was just all very tragic and very sad it was so tragic and like he had a brother in Australia that couldn't even come home for the funeral it was around that time when like you could only have five people at the church mm. it was just like obviously I've experienced grief and my dad passing but it was a, it was almost a celebration of my dad's life because I got to sing I sang at Simon's dad's funeral as well but to, to four of them looking at me it was very lonely and very strange and they didn't get to to have that celebration of life I mean I know it's a funeral but you know what I mean by saying that yeah, yeah. you have you know all your family around you process. they didn't get to do that yeah. it was just a COVID funeral if anyone listening has been through it it's it's barbaric like it really really was so you know it was he went through an awful lot after that mm-hmm. which is it's understandable really you know yeah do you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up getting back together? How did we get back together? <laughs> oh, the juicy details. <laughs> um, well, I think it had been what, nearly, how long was it off? Like it felt like a year. Summer, I think. But, um, you know, we met back again in August and it was just one of those things. To be honest with you, there was one day, right, that, because we, we weren't in touch, we did not speak, right? And one day I was putting him petrol into my car and he drives a big crane so it's hard to miss him and he came along in the big massive red crane and my soul actually left my body I was like oh Jesus there he is and the song like it's so dramatic the song um I don't want to talk about oh, the things we've gone through <laughs> Abba. and if I hear it today I actually go like this and I got out of the car and he was there the electricity between the two of us that day, like obviously it was hard because we hadn't seen each other and it was a bit awkward. But when we were leaving, we gave an awkward hug and we kind of gave an awkward kiss. And it was like, I knew after that, and it was a good month after that again, then we got back together. But that day I knew that we were, we'd be okay. It's like, you just, you know. And who knows what way you're going to feel when you see someone after a good few months, you're like, is it gone? But it was never gone for either of us. It was just time that we needed. So we eventually met up and we had the big chat and everything, you know, fell back into place pretty quickly, to be honest. Like it was never strange between us. Um, obviously, the big chat had to happen. But when we did eventually come back around, it was almost like secret for a while because we actually got back together quite early on. And nobody knew. I mean, nobody meaning my followers until around the end of October. So when I launched Facious, he came that night and everyone was like, oh my God, <laughs> mom and dad are back together. <laughs> I remember. And then Jacob came along like not too long afterwards, which was just the yeah. And obviously it was something I mean, you really wanted and it's like, God, he's been oh, the biggest Louise, blessing. Who asked me five years ago, would I be sitting here now talking about my one-year-old child? <laughs> I would have been like, not a hope. So when we did, obviously we were just, oh my God, like, 
it, it was just the best thing. It was the right thing and the right time. And if we didn't have that time apart, who knows, we probably would have kept going around in the same circle, which wasn't a very good one. And um, by, you know, by bringing Jacob into our lives and everything, it's just, it was the right time. And it was, it's just been an absolute blessing and for my family and everyone. Yeah, no, I know. And it's been amazing to see, I suppose, your dad's relationship with him. And, oh my God, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And I know yeah. It's going to be hard for you to talk about. Last year was a huge year for you. Like you had Jacob, your business really took off. You won the Air Power of Women, the new founder yeah. award. I was so Unreal. happy to see you win I that. I can't believe that, to be honest. You absolutely deserve it. Like I told you, I think, before we went in. But um, a few days, was it a few days later or was it a week later, your car was stolen? Oh, my God, the was that, car. That yeah. wasn't too long afterwards, was it? So the car, my beautiful car. So it was in November. It was Black Friday. I will never forget Black Friday as long as I live. Yeah, so it, it was. was Black it was Friday. that same that same week then, was it? That same week. Yeah. I had only just gotten the car back and the engine had blown in it. I had only just bought it in February. So I just had zero luck, right, with this car. You know, I loved it. And I went to bed one night at 12 o'clock. Simon went to, got up his, his usual time the next morning around seven. And he, I just remember him coming running into the room being like, your car's gone. It's like, what? It couldn't be gone. You know, it's just the worst feeling ever. Just knowing somebody was there. Like, obviously, none of us were hurt. Nobody, nobody wanted to even come into the house. I don't think it was about that. It was just they came from the car. But it was frightening how quickly, I think once we checked out the CCTV from other people's cameras, it took them like a minute and 20 seconds to take it. Um, so it's so destroying. Like, you know, I mean, it was my dream car. I worked so hard to get that car mm. and it was a huge milestone for me. But it's just a material thing at the end of the day, because obviously it wasn't sh- shortly after that my dad became ill. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it's nobody likes something to be taken from you, especially on your own doorstep. So it was, it was pretty bad, yeah. It was. It like kind of messed with your sense of safety and security. Yeah, especially with Jacob in the house and everything. Mm. You just, you know, it's that it's that feeling you get. So I've gotten cameras and security up now. And like we live in a really quiet state and it's a very safe estate. So I still feel safe there. But, mm. you know, just, we'll just take that extra caution now. But yeah, it was just an absolute sickener. But look, you know, you just have to get on with it. Like, I can't dwell on these things. I mean, the guards were great. I have a new car now and it's fine. I haven't looked back. But yeah, it was it was shitty enough at the time. I remember then, I think it was that weekend you came to my house. Do you remember this? We met my parents for a drink in the pub. <laughs> and then we stayed up until I think it was like 4 a.m. or something. Having a big song. Yeah, singing away as we always do. <laughs> Just have to get on with it, don't you? Of course. You helped me get through that. Yeah. We were celebrating. We had to celebrate your award. But you went to see Santa then the next day with your parents. And I remember being, that was the next day. It was the Sunday. because so I was like, how is she doing that today? That was my last day yeah. with my dad. I know. Outside. And I remember last, like, it was that sorry, night that he got he did, sick. He did, get out, he did get out of hospital once, but it was very quick. But that was his last good day. Um, like and I'm so glad changed. that he got to do Santa with Jacob so you know so it was nice yeah. to be able to do that much that seems like I know I know I, I feel like your life changed so much yeah. after that day yeah yeah literally turned upside down all of us every single one of us you know because he was so healthy wasn't he yeah like <laughs> my mother would um, <laughs> question that <laughs> because <laughs> he loved to complain my dad <laughs> but in fairness he had he suffered with um, rheumatoid arthritis he had arthritis in his hands his knees and he always had a kind of an ache or a pain 
and he went through a lot of went through like five knee replacements or something like that you know throughout his life and um, so unfortunately he got sepsis so that's basically what happened to him um, initially and that's when he was brought into hospital then. and before we go any further I just want to say I don't want to put you under pressure to share anything more than what you feel ready to talk about because it's still so raw and I know that yeah no I know no it's absolutely fine I mean I'm I find it um some days Louise like grief is so funny like you can talk about them you can look at videos and pictures and then other days completely block it out do you know and I I loved that about how you handled it you were so true to yourself and yeah like well, this is not going to become an awkward conversation this is going to be we're going to celebrate every second of his life you know and all absolutely. the funny videos you have of him and everything yeah, and like I continue to share those because everyone on Facebook or sorry, Instagram just loved my dad. And I, I'm not even just saying that. People aren't just saying that to be nice. They loved him. Like he was a huge part of my page. Like, you know, I was like, Dad, my views are down. Will you come on there and we'll have a laugh? <laughs> but I I've never seen a funeral like your dad's. Like the, the love you could feel that day and the, the the way your sisters spoke about him and you sang for him. It was and, it was you know, it came so soon after Tom's like, so like, it's just when I look back at all we went through, no, you know, no family should ever have to go through that level of grief. It's almost unfair when you think about it, but it happened. And thankfully, we're all such a close family that, you know, we were able to get ourselves through it together. But like, even just to put perspective on it, I remember putting up a post, Tom's funeral was on the Thursday. And then my dad's was a few days later, my dress was still wet. On the red for the funeral. Yeah. It really just hit home then. I was like, did this actually just happen? So I, I didn't so, mean to skip past. I, did, I absolutely didn't mean to skip past that there talking about your dad. But do you want to fill us in on how the timeline went? Yeah. So we went to Australia on our trip to Oz. And I went there with, um, obviously my dad had been ill, but he had kind of gotten much better. So I went there with a clear conscience. You know, I knew that, well... Oh, my dad was going to be okay. We he told to you to go as well. I remember. Oh, he was pushing me on the plane. But if I ever thought that he was, you know, if there was anything wrong, I would have come back. But I went there knowing that, or obviously thinking that he was fine. But then, um, so we went over to um, Simon's brother's wedding and it was actually the day of the wedding. I was literally dressed. I remember being in my jumpsuit and we all were at the wedding. And then um, I got a phone call to come up and see Simon. And then, I saw his face and immediately I thought it was my dad, you know, and I went, God, my dad. And then he said, no, 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 it's Tom. I just said, what? What? You know, because Tom was in my life since I was 15. So then, sorry. So it was crazy to think, you know, that he, um, that he had passed. And so hard on everyone, you know, especially my sister, two young kids. He died on his birthday. She was 13. So we immediately, um, well, I was at the wedding and then Simon told me and then I kind of processed everything. And then within, within, actually I have to give a shout out to a girl, Mags. You just remember who was around you in those moments. It's like she just, um, it's like she just put a blanket around me and said, everything's going to be okay. And she walked away from like, sorry. And we got back home and then I was home and then we had the funeral for Tom. And then literally the next day I went in to see my dad and like we had thought, my mama thought we all thought, you know, he was still sick. But then he was, because he'd gotten over so many infections, we just thought we were in the same position again. 
nothing could have prepared us for that Friday. And that has the support, like, the, oh, my God, the shout out to the staff in, in UHL. They're phenomenal. And the way they handled us, because they knew what we had just gone through. And they brought us in and they set us down. But we had been in that room three times before with my dad. And then he kept pulling through and he kept pulling through and he was fine. And he'd be sitting up eating ice cream the next day after being in a coma. You're like, it's bad. <laughs> and then they told us, um, this was the day after Tom's funeral. And they told us my dad wouldn't see Monday. And he didn't. And he passed away on the Sunday. And we were all, actually, um, he didn't know that Tom had passed, obviously. So we kept that from him. And then, you know, in his final moments, Mary went in and whispered in his ear, you know, um, she said, give Tom a hug for me. And then about an hour later, about two hours later, we were all around him and then he passed. And it was actually lovely because we got to just be next to him and I was laying on his chest and and that was it. And so, you know, it's been, it's been so tough because my mom and him, you know, my mom and my dad are just like everyone in Patrick's well, you know, where we're from, they'd always say, you know, your mom and dad really were special. They'd walk up the road holding hands together. And obviously Mary and Tom, you know, Mary's been with him like all her life. So it's just a massive loss for two of our, you know, greatest men to be and um, to be gone from our family. But they're still with us, you know, we're still very much feel them around us and my man is doing okay she has a thought around her and Mary is Mary is just a superwoman like she's back here with me and Vacious and she's trying to get on every day for her kids and for herself but like Instagram is just such a small light to what people see what we're going through you know nobody really sees you know the grief but I do try and just keep it as off camera as I can and just keep Instagram as a positive place for me but everyone was amazing everyone was so good to me when you know they they saw how much we went through and what we experienced and the support that I felt from everyone was amazing so you know it's going to be a long road to try and keep the head up and keep moving but you know I have a lot to live for we all do and I still talk to my dad and Tom and, you know, I feel them around me and just have to keep moving. Mm-hmm. Shane, I'm so, I mean, you, you know, and I've said it a hundred times, I'm so, so sorry for everything. I know. You, and, and and you, like, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. I'm, I'm crying here with you, you know. I, I know. And I know everyone listening will want it's hard, to. It's hard to talk about it. And it's nice to talk about it too, because you don't want them to be forgotten, not that they ever will. But I'm, you know, because I've never really came on and gotten upset online because at, maybe at the beginning, but like it's hard to be able to talk about it and not get upset. You know, it's it's just, uh, but you have been such a good friend to me and all of my friends and I have so many good people around me. I'm blessed, you know, I'm blessed. And the little man, Jacob. Yeah, he's been the <laughs> so, through everything, hasn't he? Oh my God. Like, to be honest with you, like, if... Jacob came into our lives like obviously we were blessed and you're so happy but really there could you couldn't have picked a better time to be here because I'm just glad that obviously my dad got to meet him because they waited for a boy in our family for a hundred years <laughs> <laughs> so my dad was surrounded by women all his life and that really would have killed me if I didn't get if he didn't get to meet him so I am forever grateful for that. And even when my dad fell really ill at the very beginning, the nurses would tell me that any time, you know, when you're in a coma, you go in and you talk to them and, and you kind of, you get them to respond. So when he would start to kind of come out, 
he would always nearly jump out of the bed if you mentioned Jacob's name. You know, we always had to remind him that he had other grandkids, basically. <laughs> I remember, I think it was Lorna, or was it Mary, who said at your dad's funeral that you were given the honour of uh, carrying the, the boy. boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> and that's why, because we found out what we were having. It was actually the worst thing I've ever done, by the way, because I don't know, you're not finding out, are you? No. But I, it was because I would, like Simon would always let it slip so many times. And the fact that it was a boy, I was like, if you ruin this surprise. So that <laughs> phone call from the maternity at five past nine on the 28th of June, was the best day of my life and my dad's life. And obviously, as I said, he had all the grandkids, but it was a huge, <laughs> huge deal. Sorry, Mary Lorna. <laughs> huge deal that it was a boy. And for my man as well. So uh, I know he's just. And you're the brilliant. youngest, aren't you? Yeah. I'm the youngest. Yeah, I'm the youngest. But Jacob is almost one. I mean, I can't believe I made it this far. It's still, it's, still, it's still got strong. I'm winging it like within an inch of my life every day. I am telling you, Louise, you are like going to like you'll fly through it. But at the beginning, like I did not know my arse, my elbow. But there definitely is, definitely, it's true what they say mother's instinct, mother's know best. But yeah, I'm still winging it every day. But he's amazing. He's just amazing. I love talking to you about motherhood. You actually just really put me at ease. You have a re- I love your laid back attitude. Yeah. But you just, you know, I mean, you just have to prepare to get things wrong as well. And you don't know it all. Like I remember saying to you, I was gifted these things, products from man and they were, they had bristles on it. And I was like, oh, that's a lovely soft brush now for his hair. And I put it on Instagram, of course, because I thought I knew it all. And they're like, uh, yeah, that's a bottle sterilizer. That's a brush from the <laughs> Oh, my God. I, do you know what? Oh, that's just priceless. But I think people appreciate it. Because I'd love now to see you kind of not get things wrong. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's very funny. Like, it's endearing. Like, I think it's so lovely to just see people learn and evolve. And like, Simon was practicing putting on nappies for a teddy for about two weeks. Like... So, you know, it was, um, it's an adventure. It's, <laughs> it's mad. the best adventure you'll ever go on. It's mad how much you have to learn, isn't it? Someone sent me a list last night of what they're getting for their baby. She's the same due date as me. And oh my God, I don't even know what some of the things are. I never even heard of them. It's overwhelming. Like, <laughs> you don't need the half of the shit. Like, you know, I mean, when it's your first... Like, I, I mean, when it's your first, it's just, <laughs> not that I'm going to get planning anytime soon now, but um, I was, I was, I was the third one to come along <laughs> at my house, so nobody cared. So I just got specked into the chair. <laughs> but you, it is overwhelming because, yeah, there's lists and there's lists and the lists keep, keep growing. But once you have the baby and the roof over its head and you're happy and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, there was actually just one other question I wanted to ask you. Just finishing up talking about um your dad and Tom. Yeah, I imagine we'll get some listeners who maybe are going through something like that or loss, or they're helping a family member. Have you any tips for dealing with grief and for helping family members deal? I, I think because it's still so raw for me. It's only it's very hard to believe that it's only been not even six months, like five months. So I don't know how qualified I am yet to give advice because I'm still only going through it but what I could say is that being for me being kept busy was a big one and then also if you don't want to do something just don't you know listen to your body but also try and push yourself because it's very easy 
it's very easy for all of us to just not want to get up in the morning and move and come in here and go to work. But for me, having this as an outlet, having Instagram even as a Instagram really has saved me in a lot of ways because um, not, not everyone is on Instagram. I know that, but like it's my outlet, it's my job. So whatever your way of um, kind of just getting yourself out there and just moving, just even getting out of bed is an achievement in itself. But being around family, being around your friends, talking about the person that's passed when you're able to is really good. I love to be able to sit down and talk about my dad and we could talk all night about him. And like now, a lot of people say how lucky I am or anyone that's of this day and age because we've so many videos, so many pictures and, you know, so much to, to look back on where it's like years ago you wouldn't have had any of that so like we're lucky to be able to do that so as I said at the beginning of this sometimes I can look at pictures sometimes I can't it's just listen to your body and like what how you feel it's a minefield but I mean I think when you just stay um around the people that love you the most you you'll find your way forward yeah. and talk to them I talk to my dad all the time he set me off again but I do mm. Talk to him all the time. I don't visit the grave as much yet. It's a bit, bit soon for me to do that. But again, that's all down the line. And I do already feel like I definitely have a guardian angel. Like I, I feel things that have been happening, some exciting things that have been happening, you know. And I think I'm like, that's him now working mm-hmm. his magic. Yeah. And he's also probably seen way too much of what I get up to as well. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's 100 him looking down on you and i just know he's so proud of you like i'm so yeah. glad for you that you've had vacious and that it's it's doing so well and it's been such a good thing to pour your heart and your soul into and you do that and so does mary like you both yeah. do you know so it's it's great for the both of you that we you are the dream that. team yes <laughs> what was it about shapewear that made you say right this is this is what i'm going to do this is my brand this is my product that i'm going to create oh it, it was always going to be shapewear when like i mean i've been wearing shapewear for years i've tried them all i have always worn shapewear so for me it was a no-brainer plus when you know what you're talking about like i have so much knowledge to give to it you know, if I wore some of the really well-known brands, there's something I'd like to change or maybe this is off. I'm like, I need to just make my own. So, you know, that was where I went. And I'm so glad that I trusted my gut because there's a few other things I had in mind, but I was like, no, shape, where is your thing today? Mm-hmm. So give the people what they want. And everyone was so, you know, I think it was really refreshing to see because not a lot of people have, have there isn't many Irish shapewear brands. You know, a lot of the brands that you would probably say are Skims and Spanx. So I'm like, watch out, Skims. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I, I think your approach to it is is very different. It's very unique. I haven't seen any brand do it like that. You are kind of taking the perception that people have of shapewear, of something that it's kind of a chore to wear. You take it off at a wedding, you throw it away yeah. and you're recreating that. that. And you're making people proud to wear their shapewear and show it off. Absolutely. Like, that's such a good point. Like a lot of people that I've spoken to would say, I wore it at a wedding and I had to rip it off because it murdered me. I'm like, you're in the wrong ones. You're in the wrong size. It has to be breathable. You want it to be able to be feel like a second skin and feel like you can breathe, but also do its job. So we've really achieved that, which is amazing. Um, but like the vest, like the vest is one of our best sellers. I created that as a shaper piece. So many people have just worn it as outerwear. Mm. So now we're bringing it out in black. So I'm learning from my customers as well. But a lot of people do feel sexy in their shaper because it gives you more confidence. I mean, 
it's not all about like obviously they do make you look smaller but it's always about it's, it's for me it's about accentuating your best bits so mm. you know like it'll just nip you in here and there but it's going to give you those curves and it'll just kind of give you that confidence to play around with your wardrobe like I've got messages from women and it's the reviews Louise it's the reviews are what keep us really on top because it's been such a success and it's gone from zero to a hundred so quickly but it's done it's down to our customers because I get messages from people that have literally had clothes in the wardrobe for a year that they've never wanted to even put on until they wore their shapewear. I've had people with stoma bags that weren't confident enough to go outside the door until they had the all-rounder because it keeps it intact. Um, I even had a model here, the lovely Imelda came and modeled for us and told us about her journey with her stoma bag. So people like, you know, have been through cancer and they've worn it. And I even just shared a review the other day of a lady that was going through chemo. And like, I mean... It sounds a bit cliche, but it is a life-changing product because you have it for a long time, but it does so much for up here and here, you know? So it's definitely, um, I've so much to look forward to. It it never ends in Shaper. Like I have so many different ideas, but it's amazing just to see what we're doing for people. It's very exciting. I love that. I'm so proud of you. You're like, you're (laughs) such a good role model, I think, for women, for business women. And you really are like, like teaching people to, be more empowered in their bodies no matter what shape or size they are yeah and like for our campaigns we there's no point in showing our shape where you know on just one particular size there's so many different shapes and sizes so I think people appreciate that that we have all different shapes and sizes and I don't like anyone to body shame anyone that's a smaller size I often found that with them remember we did a swimwear campaign before and you'd kind of get trolls saying oh she doesn't need shape or and you're like every body has curves you know I hate the term real women so whether you're a size 8 whether you're a size 28 you're going to feature in our campaigns because everyone has curves everyone has a body and you can celebrate that Mm -hmm. oh I love that you have so many things going on and so many new products in development as well and judging from our voice notes yesterday talking about manufacturing I know I know it's not easy so I admire Same, everything. But I'm in at the minute with swimwear. They might have the swimsuit on decorating the Christmas tree at the rain. I'm going. <laughs> I'm well, like, look, what has to be done? And you're the same as me. I'm like, whatever has to be done, will be done. It'll all work out. I suppose you, you know just... what? I've said to myself, I had to take 10 steps back yesterday, 10 deep breaths and say, we're not on anyone else's timeline. They'll come when they come and they'll sell, hopefully. Mm. And, you know, obviously with the two bereavements that we had, I take my sample stages and testing very seriously. So we were set back a month and that month just hammered us into the middle of next week because the swimwear is seasonal, whereas the shapewear you can launch any time of the year and it's mm. fine, but we're so late. But look, these things happen. You know what it's like, Louise, with Clue. Yeah. Not everything is going to be plain sailing. It's yeah. never going to be plain sailing in this game. It's hard. And I'm working around the clock at the minute trying to get all this off the ground. You know, nobody sees that side. I'll come on Instagram and I'll say, it's great. Mm. <laughs> nobody needs to know about the, the blood, sweat and tears, but they're there. <laughs> yeah, I know. And we have each other for that, Sinead. We'll keep that on WhatsApp. <laughs> Strictly to WhatsApp. What's next for Vacious? What can we expect to see over the next couple of months? So we have lots of new products coming and I had a very exciting call during the week. I can't say the name just What's yet, that? but hopefully, hopefully <laughs> we'll be, you know, we'll be um, popping up somewhere in a town near you. <laughs> this is the next stage, whether this one works out or not. I think it will. Fingers crossed. 
will be a pop-up and give people the opportunity to come and try them on and see the whole experience spacious as it is. But other than that, we're, we're quite happy to keep working away here. We're in our studio, here mm, in the studio. <laughs> and uh, we've lots of new products coming. And as long as I keep loving what I'm doing, I'll keep going with Vacious. I think it's um, it's an amazing brand and there's lots to look forward to. I'm so happy to hear that. I'm so proud of you. I think your love for it is so genuine. It's such an authentic brand to you. And you know what? Personally, as a friend, it's hard to find people in this industry that are as genuine as you. And you are a genuine Aww, friend really? and I love your family. And I'm Aww. just so sorry. Thank you I'm, so much. I'm so sorry and for I, everything you've gone through. I know. And I'm so happy to see you busy and excited for the future because you deserve to be. And as I said, I'm so happy for you and, and all your news. And like, it's good. It's good news. We all need some good news. So when you told me your news, <laughs> I was so, so happy. So, you know. I don't think you were expecting it that day when I told you. I was like, I was so hungover. I was like, what? I'm not ready for this. Oh my God. Ah, we were at Riverfest in Limerick City. We'll always and associate it with that. Marked. I know. Isn't that, it's not a disgrace. We're always so Wait busy when we get down to Limerick, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> listen, I just want to thank you again for coming on, for choosing to share your story here and being so open. I think your honesty and your outlook I with anyone else. <laughs> you'll help so many people and you all you do anyway. Thank you so much, Lou. You're so good. And thanks for having me. It's been it's been lovely. Thank you so much. Okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode. I know Sinead has had such a tough year, so I'm so grateful to her for coming on, for opening up, for sharing and being so open with us. There was a lot in that episode and I hope you got something from it. I think she is incredible and I'm sure you'll all agree after hearing her story and listening to her. But thank you so much for listening. This is our second last episode of the season. We've got our bonus episode on Monday and our full episode out next Wednesday. And that's it for season two. Please let me know what you've thought. You can listen back to the season two episodes on the Go Loud Player and everywhere you get your podcasts. I've really, really enjoyed this season and the episode. So thank you so much for always coming back to listen. Okay.